Go and make disciples. You are entering the Listen, Disciple, Repeat podcast. Welcome back to the Listen, Disciple, Repeat podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Fant. We're glad to have you all back. Today we have Clint with us. Hey guys. And, um, you know, we want to get into a little story that, that happened over the Christmas break. Uh, Clint and his family had a little bit of a tragedy happen. And I thought it would be a good opportunity, since Clint is willing to share, um, it would be a good opportunity to hear how God worked in their lives and... Uh, just this, this story that, you know, we've talked about Christian suffering in the past, and it definitely, you know, comes from that perspective. But I just wanted Clint to, you know, give a little bit of a, of a view of, of what happened to him and how God worked in their life. So, Clint, um, if you don't mind sharing, I'd appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so, uh, December 15th, our, well, my family was, um, we have property up in North Georgia and, uh, so we do a lot of recreational stuff there. My father-in-law has a, has a house that he's remodeling and anyway, so, uh, my youngest son, who has never ridden a dirt bike before, um, decides that he kind of wants to test the waters. <clears throat> and so he gets on my other, my other son's, uh, little 50 dirt bike. And so they're kind of just talking to him about the little, the basics, you know, like what's the throttle, what's the brake, you know, how to turn the throttle just barely. Um, and so, you know, everybody's right there. So is this a mini bike kind of dirt bike where you have to change gears? Yeah, yeah you have to actually change. There's no clutch um, uh, handle, but you do uh, kick the quote-unquote clutch into different gears. Um, so, you know, everybody's there. All his, All my kids, Rachel, you know, everybody's there. And... So it was supposed to be this little cute, he's going to ride for 20 feet and kind of be done. He's really risk averse to begin with. Um, so him, you know, flying around on a dirt bike isn't necessarily in his personality. Um, but, you know, we like to encourage him to, to, you know, do hard things, to challenge himself, to maybe step out of his comfort zone a little bit here and there. So anyway... Um, what was supposed to be that turned into a, a nightmare accident. Um, I was, I was at work at the time. Um, so, so you were there or you were at work? No, no, I was not there. My, uh, right. My wife and my kids were there. And then we also have, um, so we're going to build a house up there. And then there's another uh, family that are kind of like 
uh, grandparents to my kids also, and they're also building a house up there. And <clears throat> so they happen to be there also. And uh, instead of, you know, I guess I should also throw, no, never mind. So he, instead of just barely turning the throttle, like, you know, they had tried to show him, um, he kind of just goes full bore on it. Um, and anybody that's ridden dirt bikes knows that, you know, it's a little 50, but those things can haul and, you know, I would look goofy sitting on it, but I would, it's got plenty of power for me to ride it around. Um, so his little 10 year old body, you know, it'll, it'll fly. Um, yeah. I guess that's very uh, so, counterproductive to let that thing go. Uh, yeah. It's very counter counterintuitive. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I should have said counterintuitive. Yeah. So, you know, he cranked on it and which the, uh, you know, f the force kind of, you know, pushes your body backward. And so at this point you're, you're more or less, more or less holding on for dear life. And, um, which basically means you're just cranking on that throttle even more. And, uh, so letting go of the throttle or, or grabbing a brake or anything like that just kind of seems not to mention your adrenaline is spiking at this point And, you know, your, your rationale is kind of out the window. And, so anyway, he goes probably, man, it was a long way two, maybe even 300 yards. Um, it was a lot of clear land. And then he kind of goes into the woods a little bit and winds up. The land actually takes a little bit of a dip. So he was out of eye shot. Nobody actually sees the accident. Um, but everybody, you know, real, once he's taken off at full speed, everybody realizes this is a situation that's getting out of control and start, you know, hightailing it as fast as they can on foot. Um, <clears throat> so my other 10 year old son, uh, is the first one to get there. And he said that when he first saw him, he thought he was dead. Um, he's just lying on the ground. Um, uh, there's blood. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm getting too. No, you're good. Anyway, um, uh, you know, there's blood everywhere. Uh, he's not moving. He's not making sounds. Uh, so he thinks he's dead. Thankfully, within a couple seconds, he he kind of starts grunting and, and moving just a little bit. But he he falls out in shock. He's screaming, crying. Um, you know, his, he's just in shock. And Rachel comes. She's, you know, obviously in shock also. And she... Uh, you know, she, she picks him up, you know, in in reality, looking back on it, she should, she should have left him there in case there was any head, neck, spine stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, you just want to make sure your kid gets to breathing, right? Yeah. Logical and rational thought are, uh, very hard to come by in those kinds of situations. Um, so he is going in and out of consciousness. Um, you know, he'll be obviously very tense and then he'll go limp. Um, 
So that's when they decided to call nine. Well, nine one one was initiated pretty much right away, and then the EMTs got there very quickly. Um, very quick. I want to say it was like four minutes. Um, I think they just happened to be right down the road. Thank God. And um, so. So they got them all backboarded and stabilized and everything? Um, yeah, well, actually for a while, you know, as soon as they get there, Rachel's like, I, I moved him. I'm, I, I, I moved him. Because um, she realized that, you know, that probably wasn't the best thing. And they're like, yeah, we see that. Uh, you know, it's, you know, we just need you to hold him for right now. Because they didn't want to move him any anymore if they didn't have to. And... Um, so the EMTs go ahead and make the decision that they want to uh, life flight him. Um, there's a lot of concerns, obviously, about head, neck, spine, possibly, uh, you know, internal damage and bleeding. Um, so the helicopter takes about 18 minutes or so to get there <clears throat> from Chattanooga and I guess I should throw in that kind of during this whole time, um, I was at work and I actually wasn't feeling the best. So I was kind of in my office and I started leaning my head over like I was just going to take a quick little, you know, three minute nap or something. And the gentleman that I spoke about, that's kind of like a grandparent to my kids. I see he's calling me and I thought that's odd. He doesn't call me all that often. I was like, well, I'll just call him back. And I lean my head back over. And then he calls me again, and I thought, okay, that's really odd. Um, so I pick up, and it's actually my oldest son using his phone. Uh, this was before my, my teenagers had cell phones, and they got them for Christmas. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah. my oldest son calls me, and he goes, Hey, uh, Tucker was in a dirt bike accident. His mouth is bleeding. I just wanted you to know. I thought, okay, well, you know, thanks for calling me. Um, you know, I was kind of confused because I thought, well, that's not even, I wouldn't have even considered that worth a phone call. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, I was just like, okay, thanks for letting me know. And we hung up. Only a few minutes go by. He calls me back. And uh, he says, hey, the the ambulance is coming. Um, uh he a couple of his teeth a tooth got knocked out and his mouth is bleeding uh but don't worry he's okay and i thought huh this why is the ambulance coming and he says because his because he knocked the tooth out and i'm like yeah but why is the ambulance coming <laughs> like the sound this doesn't sound like an emergency but somehow it sounds like an emergency um so anyway obviously i'm having a hard time getting um, what I would like to think are real answers, but you know, we hang up and then, uh, several minutes later after that, uh, the gentleman I talked about actually calls me himself and tells me, Hey, uh, Tucker's being life flighted. Um, the helicopter's on the way. And that's when I just, you know, chills just ran down my body. Um, and now my mind is just going you know, a million miles a minute. Uh, 
confusion for sure. Cause like I, I went from his mouth is bleeding to a tooth came out to now all of a sudden my son's getting on a helicopter to go to the trauma center. Um, so, uh, anyway, I just thought how <clears> far away so were I, you at the uh, time? I was probably an hour and 20 minutes from the, where they were, but we didn't know where he was going to be taken yet. So I didn't, and I, you know, I work in the city and I didn't want to head up North if they were just going to take him over to, uh, children's in Atlanta, you know, that's, that's dumb. Why would I do that? So, you know, I'm just sitting, I'm just sitting at work. I'm, it hasn't quite hit me yet though. Like I, I understand the situation is, is dire, but I, uh, you know, panic hadn't really quite set in yet. So. Uh, I'm kind of just sitting in my office, like, you know, I don't know what to do. Um, but I, I let a few people at, at work know what's going on. So, you know, when I take off, they're aware. And anyway, so we finally get word that he's going to, uh, Chattanooga. So now I'm about, uh, probably like two, two and a half hours. Yeah, two and a half or so hours. Um, so anyway, I speed up there. And when I get there, uh, he's still on the board. He's got his neck brace on. Uh, his face is awful. I mean, even after they cleaned him up, he's covered in blood. Um his, you know, his teeth are, oh, and by the way, we just had braces put them on, put on him like two weeks prior, uh, just to add insult to injury. Um, uh, and what, and why he likely lost multiple teeth because, you know, they're all tied together. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Cause they're all connected. But, um, yeah. And then I, and then I find out the extent of the injuries and, um, yeah, I just kind of, it finally hit me and I, you know, all the emotions started setting in and anyway, so the, uh, what wound up happening to him was he had three fractures in his jaw, um, a broken pelvis in his, his right hip. Um, his liver was lacerated. Uh, I think they said it was class three. Um, he had a puncture also in that same hip that went all the way to the bone. And we still don't know what did that. Um, and, uh, so, and yeah, the missing teeth. And so anyway, uh, thank uh, he. All right, so no internal injuries like brain or anything. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know how that could be other anything other than d divine intervention. That I. Uh, oh, I guess I left out a. I, well, he's going you know, in and out of consciousness. I mean, that's a yeah, high. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. You know, risk for an internal closed head injury. I mean, if there's there's that damage to his jaw. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was my line of thought too. You know, if he's, 
if he's got three fractures in his jaw, he obviously took a blow to the face. And that just screams head, neck trauma. Uh, and, um, but he was, he was stable by the time I got there. Um, <clears throat> oh, I left out probably a small, probably important detail that he did not have a helmet on at the time. Hopefully people don't shun me too bad for that. But again, like I said in the beginning, it was supposed to be this non event, you know, it was supposed to be a putt. Just like a little, you know, yeah. an hour yeah. or yeah. any feet. <clears throat> um, and everybody's there, you know, you would think that like there's some element of control, safety, security, in addition to it being a largely non thing. Um, anyway, uh, but the, that fact, the fact he didn't have the helmet on and he, and he had the, the jaw fractures, you know, I just thought for sure he's going to have some sort of brain damage or, or neck slash spinal injury. I, like I said, I don't, I don't know how it's anything but a miracle that he didn't. Um, I mean, he's lucky that he was able to keep good oxygen to his organs. Yeah. Uh, you know, with all the uh, liver laceration, everything, um, that he wasn't bleeding too heavily, internally speaking. Yeah. Um, he, a day, the next, yeah, the next day, they took him in for surgery, um, primarily exploratory, but they were prepared to operate if they needed to. Um, they wanted to get a, uh, they wanted to get eyes on the liver, um, but they wanted to double verify that there was no bowel damage. Um, so they did verify there was no bowel damage. Uh, they drained 400 milliliters of blood from his abdomen. Um, and they actually left the laceration alone. They they decided it would it would do well enough to heal on its own. <clears throat> um, so and we thought he was going to have multiple surgeries on his jaw. They were going to wire it shut. He was supposed to have surgery on his hip. Um, and he wound up only having that one exploratory surgery uh, as they looked at imaging more and um i if if it felt like a million doctors were were involved so it was a lot of information coming at us <clears throat> really quickly it seemed like uh yeah i imagine that'd be the case but um i just the and i know age you know youth plays a part i well, for one, I, given the circumstances and the way he looked when I first saw him, I couldn't have asked for a better outcome. Um, you know, I, like, you know, you saw him a couple weeks ago. He looks normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks great compared to what you're <clears throat> describing in the incident. Um, and... I, it's it's amazing, amazing 
the healing that took place in just a week. And then, you know, it's been what a month, a month now. Um, and he is going to be allowed to, um, increase his diet in two weeks. You know, uh, he's been, he was on full liquids and then he's been on a soft diet for a while now. And then, uh, in two more weeks, he'll be able to eat real food, like real, real food. Uh, he's dying for pizza. Um, so, uh, his, he'll have a follow-up on his hip next week, but, um, yeah, man, I just, Hey, Clint, I really appreciate you sharing uh, this incident. And I know we've been praying, you know, for you and your family through this incident. Um, I know it's difficult, you know, thing to, to share. Um, but I really feel like people are going to get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, something I know that's hard to talk about, but you know, we just, we really appreciate you sharing, um, you know, and we can talk about later on if there's any, yeah. you know, further, um, you know, looking back in retrospect at this incident, if there's any other ways that yeah. God has moved, you know, in the life of you and your family, uh, and you want to share them on the podcast that, you know, or if you want to share them now, if you have, if you have some specific ways, but. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to show our gratitude on, on how much we appreciate you, uh, sharing this incident, but if you have anything else, let me know. Um, yeah, I, there are definitely a, a few things that, that stand out big time. Um, you know, you mentioned you guys playing, uh, praying and it was, um, it was overwhelming the, support that we got from all of our circles of people um you guys at at life group and um you know our homeschool community our jujitsu community uh our family i we Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, <clears throat> we were we were blown away at the the support and the the rallying that we were just we were able to see. We got to see people truly be the. Yeah, that is something that you you know don't expect in those situations. Um, I know that when um, my daughter. Um, she had to go into uh, the hospital. We thought she was having uh, some seizures at the time. Um, but I just remember, you know, getting all kinds of feedback and, and people, you know, calling, um, you know, for help and, you know, what can we do? Yeah. And, you know, it's, you just don't expect, you know, the support um, you know, I think people that you don't hear from a lot, you know, you end up, they end up hearing and, and they just, yes, they have this, um, you know, heart to, to help. And I think that that, you know, ultimately is coming, 
from the Lord and and uh, it's these situations you know when they do come about it just it just really edifies the amount of support that that we do have in our lives because I think that we can get isolated in our day to day and and just you know not really feel that we have that but um, it's a great way to you know, just show how God is, you know, moving in the situation. And, and I know for us, we are very grateful, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's very, very impactful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we got to see, we got to see people really be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, um, we were very, very moved by that. Um, you got you brought up a great point. It's not until something like that happens that you really realize how many people are in your corner. Um, you know, I think it's something easy to overlook. <clears throat> um, but um, yeah, it was just amazing. Um, one of the other things um, is you know we're a, a blended family. Um, we have four kids, uh, two biologically and two are adopted. And um, no doubt we, we are, we're a, we're a real family. Um, it doesn't, there's no real like weird tension anymore. Um, it feels real, it feels natural. Um, But I, this has brought us all even closer, and I I was able to I was able to see the care and love between each of them um, in a way that I really hadn't before. Um, you know where the you know kids are weird about the word love. Anyway, especially to other people that aren't mom and dad, you know, so, um, but man, that word has been thrown around quite a bit and, um, it's just been really awesome to see and it's brought us closer to God really. Um, I think, uh, I, well, I would say probably most of us individually, but definitely as a, as a family unit, it has brought us closer to God. Um, uh, I mentioned my, it was my other 10 year old son's dirt bike that was used and he has really struggled since the accident. Um, he feels a lot of guilt. Like if he, you know, if he wasn't around or if he didn't have that dirt bike or, you know, this wouldn't have happened to Tucker and, you know, obviously we can try to rationalize with him but that's a a it's it's trauma and and he's 10 so um but it's been in a in a way it's and he admitted that he struggled with god um afterward you know questioning you know why does god let this happen um you know, which is totally 
normal? You know, it's a good question to ask. Um, <clears throat> right. Well, I, I mean, I think that is a totally normal response, uh, you know, from adults or kids alike. You know, it's anytime. Yeah. You have something happen to a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to, or, or somebody that's just innocent, you're, you're going to wonder, you know, what is the purpose behind this kind of, you know, suffering in that individual? Um, it's hard, you know, for us to look in our human perspective on this earth, <clears throat> just the way that, that we view the world and, and kind of wonder, you know, what is God's purpose for this? I mean, you know, what, how is, how is this going to lead us closer to God? Um, what is the purpose of this innocent suffering? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And his, even his, for sure, all of our struggle, you know, we all deal with it in some way or another, you know, it, there was at least a, a short time there that I even had some guilt. Like, you know, if, if only I had been there, maybe I could have, you know, but that's totally not rational. Um, but Rachel also carries some, some guilt with it as well. And, um, I think even through their, their carrying of that guilt, you know, even that has brought us closer to God because we're, we have to look to him to, to see us through, um, well, yeah, I mean, fortunately, you know, you do already have that relationship with Jesus Christ and, you know, have that foundation set already. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard to think what others who don't have that foundation. I mean, you know, sometimes it just unfortunately pushes people even farther away from God. Yeah. That's a tough one to deal with, you know, when... So that you know when someone either is a a non-believer or a former believer and they're confronted with something like that and how do you how do you bring that into perspective for for someone that's already pushing away well yeah i mean we talk a lot about having the eternal perspective i know we've mentioned it before in the past um, and that's something, you know, living in, in this flesh and this human form on the earth. I mean, it's very hard for us to sometimes see the reason behind things, see the purpose, but ultimately, you know, God's will, um, is God's will. I mean, he is all knowing and, you know, we, in our finite minds, we just can't grasp why some things, you know, happen, but you know, keeping the, the perspective of, of eternity and where this life is just a little blip in eternity, you know, sometimes when things happen, it helps me to rationalize, um, you know, because we're all just going to be, once we get to heaven, we're looking in retrospect. I mean, this is all going to seem, you know, just like such a small amount of, of, eternity as a whole so but it's very difficult obviously in the moment when something like that happens but Clint I really appreciate you you know sharing your story giving your testimony um, about what happened over over the Christmas break and um, just how God has moved in in the life 
um, in your life and in the life of your family. And I just thought, you know, let's let's do a special episode here and and basically get get a little bit um, of a of a per, of, excuse me of a perspective on you know some things that happen in real life and how God you know works in our lives and I'm just hoping that you know people can listen to this and maybe look at some things that have gone on in their life and hopefully it will lead them closer to God you know and not not away um, but yeah we we just um, we're very grateful you know for the story and and we really really appreciate it um, so okay thanks for letting me share I, I know it's difficult to tell but well we're gonna go ahead and close in prayer um, this, this has been a uh, emotional but a really good um, podcast I believe and hopefully it'll bring people closer to the Lord but let's go to the Lord in prayer Lord thank you so much um, for bringing this family through um, this difficult time and Lord we thank you so much for your son who died for our sins and for that eternal salvation that you have secured for us, Lord. Please guide us, lead us through this next week safely. Bring all of us back. And please help um, this message to maybe move in others' lives to push others towards you, Lord. And thank you so much for all that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, well, we really appreciate y'all listening in. To the Listen Disciple Repeat podcast, and as always, go and make disciples. Thank y'all so much for listening to the Listen Disciple Repeat podcast. Please like or subscribe on Spotify or Apple iTunes. And as always, go and make disciples.